Hi there, coaches, and welcome to another episode of the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. Today, my guest is Trey Morris. Trey was thrown into the deep end of his head coaching career when he signed on to be the assistant coach at Montana State and found out just weeks later that he'd been promoted to interim head coach. Not only did Trey survive those first few months, but he thrived, and the interim tag was removed shortly thereafter. Trey's team is currently holds a 7-1 record on the spring season. He's made his program a darling of the Montana State Athletic Department by engaging his community and caring deeply about his home match day product. His AD was recently quoted as saying his recent trip to one of Trey's dual matches was one of the most entertaining sporting events he has been at in some time. In this podcast, we discuss how he adapted to the unexpected promotion early in his tenure at Montana State and how he has caught the attention of his community and athletic department. Trey Morris, welcome to the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to chat a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on this morning. I know you're gearing up for your, your first match. Obviously, this, this uh, podcast won't go out for a few weeks, but I know it's a busy day and uh, it can be a nervy time getting ready for, uh, for that first match of the year and, and seeing what your players are, uh, I don't want to say made of, but uh, how they're looking and, and uh, what maybe work they've done over the break. So best of luck with the match today. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. We've, we've had three days of preparation, so we're going to jump into it uh, and try to keep building in the season. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Good. Well, look, we're going to take you back uh, a couple of years. That's the thing. You've, you've not been necessarily in this profession as, as long as, as some of the folks that I've interviewed uh, on this podcast. But um, I think you have some very interesting experiences and you were kind of uh, thrown into a situation that many of our coaches get thrown into more than we probably think or, or expect. And so that happened in 2019. You joined Montana State as the assistant coach. You're a few weeks into your new role there and all of a sudden you're promoted to interim head coach. And so can you tell me what were some of your maybe initial thoughts, maybe some uh, fears was it scary was it exciting a little bit of everything well I think you have to you have to kind of understand that um, Dave I grew up in Athens Georgia um, so I've been around college tennis for as long as I can remember and I actually can fondly remember uh, sitting down with Alan Miller who you might know that name he was uh, NCAA doubles champ I believe maybe team as well at the University of Georgia and he was working with me when I first started playing around the age of nine and he set me down and he asked me to kind of go through my goals. Uh, what do I want to achieve in tennis? Mm -hmm. And at nine years old, one thing I wrote down was I want to be a division one college tennis head coach. Wow. Um, and so from nine years old, I've been taking notes. I've been going to Georgia tennis matches, seeing NCAA, uh, you know, uh, championships from a very young age. Um, and it's, it's funny, I've been watching so many different coaches, even, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, seeing what they're doing, seeing how they're interacting with their players. Uh, and it kind of, you know, was the same when I was playing, um, you know, kind of seeing how our coach ran the program, seeing what, what did I like? What did I not like? Um, taking notes. Um, and so when I came, when I was given the opportunity to come in uh, at MSU as an assistant coach. Uh, I was obviously extremely excited to have the opportunity to get in back into college coaching after kind of a short stint uh, at App State uh, at my alma mater. Um, and uh, so I kind of had an idea what I wanted to do. Um, but uh, to your point, 
it was uh, a little bit shocking when after I accepted the job as the assistant, I got a phone call from my now boss. Um, actually, believe it or not, three days later, not from not from the coach that hired me, but from but from an administrator saying, hey, um, you know, just to let you know, the head coach is leaving. Um, but we think this could be a really great opportunity for you, potentially. Um, and we want to fly you up uh, as early as tomorrow. Um, and, and Dave, I'd never been to Bozeman. I had never been to MSU at this point. And he said, we want to fly you up as early as tomorrow. We want you to meet the team. We want you to talk to the team and, uh, start practice for a week, uh, get the guys going in the fall. Cause at this point, I think we were already, um, maybe even pushing close to October. And I think uh, we had maybe two weeks before our first fall tournament at that point. Um, so I came out, I started practice. I talked with the guys. Um, we went, uh, went down and uh, played our first fall tournament and, and everything seemed to go well, but, but yeah, it was, it was an absolute whirlwind. Um, and, uh, and to kind of go back to your initial question, I mean, what were my thoughts and fears? I think my biggest concern was, was how am I going to get these guys who just got their world turned upside down by losing their head coach to now buy into a, 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 you know, potentially a completely different message from me, not knowing if I'm going to be their next head coach or not, mm. um, not knowing what the future holds for the program. Um, so I think that was the biggest concern for me is how can I get these guys to, to buy into what I'm saying and, and to have a good start to the fall season. Mm. And can you take us back to that first conversation that you had with the team? Like had as you're flying out there, just kind of preparing your thoughts, um, you know, what, what was your message to that team? And then, you know, if other coaches end up going through this, that, that are listening at some point, what, what advice would you have for them as to how to get off uh, on the right, right footing with, with the team? Mm. So I kind of went at it from the perspective of, this is an opportunity for me to put my own spin on this program. So I kind of went full blown with it. I said, Hey, you know, all these years from nine years old, when I knew I wanted to be a, a college tennis coach, all these years of taking notes of kind of having my little book, um, you know, of what I did and didn't like, okay, let's organize all those thoughts. Let's go back through that. Let's read all of that. Let's prepare. What is my program going to look like? What is my plan going to be? Um, and then, you know, when I met with the guys for the first time, it was just that it was, I'm just going to run my program. I'm going to run this program as if it's mine. Uh, it's not yet, but I'm going to run it like it's mine. And, um, I'm going to treat these guys, um, you know, the way uh, they need to be treated. They're going to be treated, uh, like high, high class athletes. Um, and we're going to, we're going to raise the professional professionalism, uh, of our program to the highest possible level. Um, and hopefully they respond well to that. And so that's really what I did is I just kind of came in and said, Hey, this is, um, you know, this has to be a team deal between you guys and me. Um, but this is how we're going to do it. Um, and this is the plan and this is where we're going to try to take the program. Um, and, uh, the guys, luckily for me, I had a great group of seniors at the time, um, who wrapped their arms around that idea. Um, I, I brought them in and set them down away from the team and kind of said, Hey guys, look, this is what I want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, are you guys in on this? And, and if you are, I need you guys to get the rest of the guys in on this. Um, and, and luckily for me, they, they did that. And, um, and, uh, the, the fall season kind of went off without, uh, really a hitch.
Yeah. And, you know, can you, again, take us through some of those early challenges that you maybe faced or, or, or struggles, you know, those first few weeks, those first few months, and, and maybe what was your process for overcoming them? Was there conversations that you had with, with mentors, other college coaches that you knew, um, you know, going back to your, your journal, your notes, uh, strategizing, or was it just having patience with yourself and, and letting things play out and, and giving yourself a break, especially in that first year? So that's an interesting one because I've got a, I think a lot of coaches probably would uh, maybe, maybe feel a little different about this, but, I, but I've got an interesting relationship with, with my supervisor actually, um, who uh, is the, uh, you know, associate AD, CFO here at MSU. Um, he was a former assistant coach in the men's tennis program, um, uh -huh. won three conference championships, uh, won one as a player back in 2000. I mean, our program only has five conference championships and this guy's good for four of them. So, um, so he's, he's, you know, he knows all, all, all there is to know about MSU. And so he was actually one of my biggest resources coming in. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time chatting with him, um, like I said, it was an interesting relationship because he's also the one that's making the decisions about my career. Um, so I'm kind of in there, you know, I'm also kind of picking his brain, um, but, uh, you know, making sure that I'm very organized in my thoughts when I'm talking to him. Um, and uh, that, you know, to me was was a massive resource. You know, I also had uh, a couple of coaches um, in my playing career. I, I had an interesting playing career. I transferred um twice actually so I went from a junior college to another junior college and then played three years at Appalachian State hmm. uh so I I had uh you know three different coaches that that I was able to kind of pick pick off pick their brains a little bit and take some different things from them and so yeah overall um that I mean that was really helpful to have that support system um but uh yeah in terms of terms of challenges I think it was just being a young head coach um, and not being that far removed from the playing days um, and I think um, drawing sort of for me that first year um, and really second year as well was really drawing that line in the sand with my guys um, and kind of saying hey look I know that there might only be three four years maybe five uh, difference in age between a few of you guys and myself. Um, but I'm in this chair and you guys are in this chair and we're not the same right now. Um, you know, we're, we're much different and, um, and you guys kind of have to respect that. Um, and I think that was, that was huge, uh, for me. And that was huge for this program, uh, for me to be able to establish that early. And I think since then, I've been able to kind of blur the line a little bit because I established it so early that now I'm able to kind of have those guys come in and, and I'm able to have uh, maybe more of a, um, for lack of a better term, personal relationship with the players than maybe I felt like I could in the early, early days of, of, of the job. Mm. Oh, it takes a lot of maturity to, to, to recognize that and to draw that line because the temptation is there to get on their good side, especially early and be their buddy. And, and uh, so, so well done on, on recognizing that. So what are some of those things that you think you did really well that your administrators, your athletic directors recognized 
that they were willing to remove their interim tag because you didn't necessarily have a, a lot of experience as a college coach, but they obviously saw something in you and, and wanted to keep you there for, for a long time. So what, uh, what are some of those things you think you did well? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, like I said, I was lucky enough um, to have someone uh, that, that was sort of overseeing me directly that kind of told me, hey, in this first year, um, you know, you're the interim head coach, but this is your program. I want you to run this program, um, you know, how you would if you were the full-time head coach, and then we'll evaluate after the year. So that to me meant, okay, it's go time. Um, let's, let's work your tail off. Um, let's see how good you can, you can make this program in one year. And let's give them zero reason uh, to ever uh, not want to hire you full-time. So uh, that meant, you know, I was working 16, 17, 18 hours a day. Um, you know, working when I'm sleeping, you know, at all times and just uh, recruiting my tail off um, and uh, working with the guys, getting those guys to buy in. Um, so it was it was a combination of all that stuff. I mean, if you go back and you look at our program, um, you know, before uh, I got here, I think from 20, 2015 was the last winning season. So 2016, they had a losing record, 2017 losing record, 18, 19 or excuse me, 18. And then uh, I came in in 19. And I think one thing that really helped was, you know, without bringing in any players, um, of course, the season was stopped short, um, but we were able to finish five and four uh, in that COVID year. And so I think uh, that gave the administration a lot of confidence in me uh, and in my ability to, to get the guys to wrap their arms around uh, a concept and get the guys to wrap their arms around an idea um, and, and to compete at a high level. So I think that's part of it. Um, we also saw the first ever um, recruiting class that received votes in program history ever um, and the highest ranked American recruit in program history. Um, so I think when you kind of put those things together um, and then uh, add on the fact that I made it a priority of mine every single day, I didn't matter how busy I was. I took an hour out of my day every single day to walk through our administration offices um, and, and say hello to every single person in wow. administration and build a relationship um, and work with them closely. And I wanted them to know who am I? Uh, what are we doing with our program? What are we trying to build? What are we representing? Um, how I can help the greater good of the athletic department being the tennis coach, um, how I can help them in their job. Can I help them in their job? And then how they can help us in our program. Um, and just trying to keep everyone in the loop. Um, and, and it was that same year that we started um, a weekly meeting with all of our uh, quote unquote staff members uh, of our of our men's tennis program. So, I mean, that includes our SID, that includes my supervisor, that includes our athletic trainer, strength coach, nutritionist that we have. We've only got one nutritionist in our department, but I included her in that meeting. Um, I included our sports psychologist. Um, I mean, everyone under the sun marketing that was involved. I got them to come to a meeting once a week uh, on Monday for 45 minutes where I just went through the program and said, this is where we're at. These are the updates. Here's what we're doing this week. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and so I just kind of think seeing some success in what we're doing, but also just really making sure I was very personable um, and uh, involving the entire department and, and the community. I think that's the other thing I did pretty well in that first year was I started uh, we're lucky here um, because there's not a, a you know another tennis center. I think within whatever the NCAA says you have you know has to be for us to run 
any age of junior programming, um, you know, within whatever mileage. So I started a junior tennis academy when I got here and we've now got 90 kids in our junior tennis academy and we've got adult programs that are going crazy. And so I think also getting that community support behind me as well was was just absolutely massive. Yeah, amazing. Uh, well done. That that's that's awesome to hear. And and I'm sure I'm sure there's quite a bit of pressure you felt, right? You've made that move. You don't know what's going to happen after that year. Um, was that pressure motivating? It sounds like it wasn't debilitating, but um, you know, are you? I guess how did you use that pressure? Well, did you feel it? Firstly, how did you use it? If you did, and then. How do you maintain now when you're not, you know, trying to earn that, that contract? I guess we're trying to earn it every day, but do you know what I mean, Trey? Yeah. So <laughs> there is definitely a lot of pressure uh, for me, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was debilitating at all. I, I, I agree with you. I think for me, uh, it's extremely motivating. Uh, I think like, like all of us uh, that are in the college coaching profession, I think we're all um, massive competitors. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be in this industry. Um, so for me to kind of have the, you know, the heat turned up a little bit, I think was, all right, let's go, you know, and uh, it's game time and let's, let's do the best we can. Um, so, so for me, yeah, it was, it was, it was very motivating. Um, but um yeah, what was the second part of your question there, Dave? I'm sorry. Well, just how do you maintain that? I mean, I, I, I can recall that, you know, getting hired at, at 28 uh, at the head coach at University of Oklahoma, and I couldn't believe they gave me the job. I was like, this, what, what are they doing? Um, but, you know, and uh, you feel this pressure, right? It's like, wow, why, why did they hire me? Uh, you know, I saw all the other list of coaches that they had interviewed and were interested in and, and they're giving me a chance so it's like wow I better I, I better prove you know their decision was was the right decision and uh, probably after three years if I'm completely honest I burnt myself out because I was doing those 18 hour days for for three years yeah. and got a team in a good place but then uh, you know did, didn't necessarily handle it particularly well after that so I'm interested in terms of how do you strike that balance? You know, maybe 18 hour days are, are sustainable for you. Maybe you've just got uh, better resilience uh, mentally and physically that, than I did, but I'm interested in how you, how you strike that balance going forward. What, what is motivating you now that you've solidified your, your head coaching role or your, you know, the, the, the title, um, what motivates you from here? Well, <laughs> I just think I just think it's kind of, to be honest with you, I think it's just kind of who I am. Um, I I'm extremely, extremely passionate about this sport. Um, I'm extremely, extremely passionate about uh, college tennis in general. So it's it's like for me, it's like, you know, Dave, this morning, you know, to come on this podcast, I you know, I got up at six thirty or six o'clock this morning uh, and took a nice walk to work like I do every morning. Um, and, and the whole walk to work, I'm just, I'm extremely excited to go into the office because we've got not only a match today, um, but I get to do what I love. Um, and I get to be a part of this, this amazing world that is college tennis. And so for me it, it, to keep the motivation going, um, it, it, for me, it's not that difficult just because it's something I, I just love so much. Um, you know, I am only three years in, so will that change? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the future holds, but, but right now, um, I, I don't feel any issue with continuing to push. 
Um, now I will say I, I do have a young, young son. Uh, he just turned, uh, just turned a year about a couple months ago. And, and so I think the biggest thing for me is, is, is more striking that balance between work and, and the home life and, and making sure that, uh, okay, maybe instead of 18 hours, how productive can I be in 13, you know, and, and then maybe 14, you know, and then getting home and, and making sure that I'm present for him and, and, uh, and for my wife and, and for the family. So, um, I think as long as I can keep, keep doing that, then, uh, I, I, you know, it's keeping pushing this program forward and, and, uh, you know, this is a university that's, that's obviously given me a lot, um, and an administration that's believed in me. So for me to continue to give back to them and to continue to push this program forward is, is a no brainer. Okay. Very good. And then just even, you know, in, in your short time as a head coach, how have you maybe evolved in the last, you know, three years? What are you maybe even doing differently than when you first started? Or do you look back at anything in 2019 and go, oh, my God, I was such an idiot. I can't believe I, I was doing that or this. Is there anything you, you can think about there? I think the biggest one that kind of that, that comes to my mind is just balancing all the different hats you have to wear. Um, and especially here, um, like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, we do have a unique situation. I think it's a great situation, but it's very unique um, because we are we do have that community hub type set up in our tennis center. So I am the tennis director and I run a full time uh, club, essentially. And it's the only indoor facility, you know, within 75, 80 miles. Um, so when you talk about court times or premium, I mean, we don't have there's not a slot in the day when the courts aren't busy. Um, and so kind of keeping up with the programming, keeping up with the men's team, um, I think uh, requires that balance. Um, and so the first thing I would kind of go back and do is 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 maybe sit down and not get too caught up in the weeds of, of one particular thing and go down the rabbit hole too far and just try to focus, focus a bit more on, on, um, on the big picture, uh, I think is, 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 is what I would say. And that's something I think I've done a lot better job of. And, and I think the second thing is, is that I've kind of learned a lot and, and I think, oh my gosh, what were you doing in 2019, which uh, would probably be, understanding that not every player views the sport the same way I do. Um, and, and I think that was sort of the biggest, biggest challenge for me as a coach is, is uh, I'm sure you can tell Dave, uh, but I'm a really high energy guy. Um, and um, so I kind of uh, expected all every, every, you know, tennis player that touched a racket to be just as high energy as me. And, and that's not the case as we all know. And uh, so I think, understanding, okay, you know, what buttons to push, uh, when to push those buttons, uh, how to coach each player differently, what motivates each, each player, you know, it's not going to, you know, I've got one guy who, you know, getting on him and, and getting on the court, you know, three and a half, four hours and being high intensity is what he needs. Another player, he needs to go get coffee with me, you know, he needs to have a lunch, you know, to get, to get motivated. And I think figuring that out in the last couple of years has been, been absolutely massive. Mm. And so going forward, you know, as, as the landscape's changing, right, just with the name image likeness, all the uncertainty around the NCA, you know, what does the future hold? I mean, what, what are some of the skills that you think you need, need to develop? I'm always interested in what, what does the, ne you know, the next 
generation of head coaches? How is that going to look differently from a head coach 10 years ago or 20 years ago? You know, the, I, I feel like change is happening at, at a much more rapid pace now. So how do you stay up with the time, stay relevant, uh, stay connected with your players? What are some things that you think you need to develop, you know, or keep an eye on here in the coming years? Well, I think on the team side of things uh, within my players, I think it's just continuing to, to just build rock solid relationships. I, I don't think that side of coaching as much um, is, is going to change. I think it's always going to be about relationships. Um, it's always going to be about trust. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, I think that story is as old as time. Um, I think that's, that's the reality on that side. But I think in terms of college tennis, I think our priority as coaches um, in terms of what's changing, I think it has to be on engaging the community. It just has to be, um, and it has to be on fundraising and how can I, um, push my program forward in the eyes of my department. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that has to be priority, almost priority. Number one, of course, um, of course, it's extremely important to do all the things we've done forever. You know, the X's and O's, uh, the player development, recruiting, um, you know, relationships. Um, and, and that's of course the core of our job, but I think it's just so much bigger than that. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I think getting out in the community, you know, going to chamber of commerce meetings, you know, in your town, you know, making sure that they know about your program, all these different businesses, uh, you know, the big, the big leaders in the communities, they know about you, they know what you represent, uh, they know what you're trying to do. Um, you know, your administration knows about that. They know that you're pushing, you know, engaging the alumni extremely well. Um, you know, all these different things, I think, is something that uh, has to be done. And, and I think it has to be done at a high level. And, and um, I think if not, you know, I, I don't know that you'll be where you would like to be in your department in terms of positioning amongst the other sports. Um, and, and I think we had this conversation before, Dave, but, you know, I think there's been a trend in the ITA and we're talking about, let's think about eight to 12 years down the road when the next recession hits, you know, where are you leaving, you know, where's your program at, you know, are you progressing in a way, okay, maybe you might not necessarily be there now, but do you have a plan in place as a coach to position your program where that's not even remotely in the thought of your athletic director for your program to be on the chopping block? You know, um, and so I think that has to be, even though the times feel okay right now, they feel like they've settled down from when COVID hit and coaches are starting to get back in the routine and maybe not thinking about the stuff as much. I think you still have to, I think it still has to be on your radar. Yeah. 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 Great answer. Um, appreciate your, your insights there and, and wanted to come back to kind of the community side of it because it's something that. I know in our, our previous conversations, you've talked a, a lot about the importance of the, the game day experience and, and getting the community involved and um, just why that is such an important part of not just building the community, but the experience that your student athletes have. So can you talk a little bit about that, more about that, Trey, you know, just why it's important, what steps you've gone uh, or what steps you've taken to really kind of build that support for, for match day during your, your spring season? Sure. Yeah. So Dave, obviously, as you know, and, and, and I think it's a great responsibility uh, to be uh, a college tennis coach in the U S I think we represent for a lot of American kids 
uh, the pinnacle of, of their careers. I mean, this is a goal um, to play at this level, especially division one level, but all college tennis is a goal um, for all these kids. And how can we not take that responsibility and put on a fantastic event? Uh, not only for the players in our team who have worked their, their, their butts off to get here, um, but also for the kids coming up in, in the weeds that, that are looking at, looking at us in our communities and they're saying, okay, you know, am I going to play tennis or am I going to play baseball or am I going to play basketball or am I going to play football? Right. Um, I mean, that's the reality, um, you know, and if we want our sport to grow, they, we've got, they've got to come to our match and they've got to say, that is what I want to do. I want to play tennis. There's no doubt in my mind. And so what we've done to try to do that is we try to make our experience um, and we're not perfect. Uh, we're growing every, we're growing every day and we're trying to make it better every day, every year. Um, but what we've tried to do is we've tried to make that experience not only for the community members, not only for our junior players, not only for our adults, um, but, but for our players as well, as good as we possibly can, as professional as we possibly can. We try to cover every detail um, that you can think of uh, for that event, uh, because that's what it is. It's an event uh, that engages the community and we reach our arm out to them and say, come in and see our product. Um, so what we've done is, is, um, it's just the little things, um, you know, we, we make sure that our SID is there every match to do, uh, to do kind of a welcome message to, to our, to anyone that comes out to the match and kind of an official start to the match. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, Hey, everyone, welcome in, you know, here's the doubles lineups. Here's the national anthem. You know, um, we welcome air force into our facility today, you know, um, you know, and then, and then obviously after, after the doubles point, kind of doing the same thing before singles, um, of course, and, and keeping, keeping the music going, you know, um, making it, uh, electric, uh, making the atmosphere good, making sure that, uh, our fans that do come out know where to go. We've, we've hired, uh, our facilities, you know, a, a lot of programs might deal with the same thing we deal with where we don't have necessarily like state, uh, stadium type seating in our facility. So you kind of walk in the door and you're on the court. Okay. Um, so it feels very awkward uh, to a lot of people who aren't tennis fans. You know, what am I doing here? Am I in the right spot? Um, so we've hired someone, uh, you know, or someone's agreed to help us within our department to kind of sit there at the front door and say, Hey, welcome in, you know, to the men's tennis match. You can go left here behind the curtain to go to these bleachers. You can go right here. Or, you know, we put in bar top tables down the middle of our facility and we've kind of made that a standing room only area. Um, mm -hmm. So you can go ahead through here to standing room only. But we have someone saying that, um, you know, and letting people know and reassuring them that it's OK to walk on the court to go to the standing room only area. It's OK mm -hmm. to walk behind the curtains, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and I think that's huge. We've also started um, a ball, uh, ball runner program um, this year that we're excited to kick off. Um, to engage our junior kids in the community and kind of get them involved in the match day experience. Um, you know, think about how that would feel. You know, I never got to play uh, with, with ball kids uh, in college. Uh, you know, I mean, think about that feeling uh, as a college athlete and getting, getting those balls handed to you and getting your towel ran over. You know, I mean, that's pretty special. Um, so I think just trying to cover the little details like that and, and making sure the biggest thing that I always think about is, you know, if the president were to stop by and walk in, 
Um, and our AD, who Leon Costello, I have to give him a quick shout out. He's fantastic. If he were to come by and walk in, which he does very often, um, what is he going to think of this product? Is this going to represent the department and the university in a high class manner? Or is this something that they're almost embarrassed of? You know, where, where are we at? And, you know, I think a lot of coaches might not like me saying this, but the reality is we go play a lot of away matches, uh, whether it was when I was a player at App State, coach at App State, or here at Montana State. It's, it's everywhere in the country. It's at the Division One level, D2, D3. We go play a lot of matches where, you know, the, the event, um, it's not necessarily anyone's fault, but it's not done at, at a very professional level. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, go start your match now. Um, you know, and you spin the racket and, and you go. And so I'm thinking to myself, if I'm an AD and I'm coming out to that and I go to, and then I go to a men's soccer game maybe, or, or, or basketball game. And I see how, how official the start time is, how updated people are on the score, you know, how engaging it is to be able to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, what are we doing with our tennis match right now? What, what is this? You know, and so that's kind of always been a priority in my eyes um, is, of course, making sure we're putting on a product for the community, making sure we've got a, got a great experience for our players. But more importantly than that, you know, our AD, when he walks in, what's he going to think? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, amazing uh, input and advice for our coaches to hear. And, and um, it sounds like you've really got things rocking and rolling there. But you know, as you talk about, again, that game day experience and we talk about the future of, of college tennis and, and do you have any thoughts on, on other than, you know, the experience itself and, and, you know, making it a welcoming environment and keeping everybody up to date with what's going on? Are there other changes that you think maybe need to be made to our format, say? Is there, you know, it's always a, a, a hot topic with, with coaches and, and uh, we went through it several years ago, but are there further changes that need to be made in your opinion? Like I said, I, I love college tennis, Dave. So I, I love uh, the format right now. I, I think it's great. I think it's the greatest product in, in college athletics in general. I mean, that's obviously I'm biased, but that's my opinion. Um, I think um, in terms of the format, the only thing that I feel sometimes is that there's a letdown after the doubles point. Mm. There's a little bit of a letdown. I don't know. I feel it even as a coach, and I know the singles are coming. Um, I know that our community and our fans, the, the people that come out probably feel it because it feels almost like that's, that's kind of in a way, those who don't know college tennis, it feels like that's the finish to the match. Mm. You go out it's extremely intense. It's extremely quick. It's extremely high energy. People love watching doubles. Um, they love watching the doubles point. And then all of a sudden there's a five minute break and they come out and the energy level is not the same to start singles. It's just not. Um, we can try to say it is, but singles is a different game for better or for worse. It's not as high energy as doubles. So I don't know how to fix that. I don't know if we can fix that. I don't know that it would be best for college tennis. I don't know how to go about doing it, but that would be the only thing that I could say I feel is that I do feel that letdown in terms of the energy and the entertainment factor, if you will, um, to, to, to the fan. Um, I think it, I think it heats back up again once you get about, you know, three fourths way through that first set in singles, I think it heats back up. Mm -hmm. But I mean, how many matches have you been to where the retent you might lose some fan retention there 
after the doubles point um, and kind of going into the, you know, you know what I mean? So how do we keep every college match I've ever been a part of? (laughs) Right. So how do we keep those people there to get to the next energy packed aspect of the dual match? Um, You know, how do we keep them engaged long enough to see that? I don't know if it's getting rid of the five minute break. I don't know if it's just start straight into singles to try to keep the energy pumping. I don't know what it is, um, but that might be something, you know, maybe someone else has a great idea out there. I don't know. Um, but, but that's the one thing that kind of goes to my mind. And the other thing is, I just think we've got to see kind of harping on my last point. I don't want to sound like a broken record, um, but I think we've got to see consistency to grow the sport. We have to see consistency in the product that we are putting on display. Okay. Um, I mean, I can tell you that even within our conference, within our region, um, within division one tennis, there are varying levels of, of, of that product. Um, and how can we get, a, you know, everyone still might not be the same, but how can we get a baseline? How can we make that happen of this are the minimums that we need to meet in order to put on this, this event? Um, you know, whether that's, an official per court calling out the score every time between points so that the, the fans or the people coming out know what's going on. I can't think of a worse situation than asking, asking someone I met in the community or a business owner to come out to our match, having them come out and then not knowing what's going on. I just can't think of a worse situation because that's embarrassing to me and that's embarrassing to our program. Um, you know, I don't want to sound, sound brutal here, but that's just the way I, that's what I think about about us at MSU. Hmm. Okay, exciting uh, topic to to discuss, and probably could uh, go on all day, and and lots of different thoughts and opinions out there. And probably at some point we we do need to recircle back to this as an association and uh, keep an eye on things as as we talked about earlier, as as things are changing so rapidly and as. Uh, as consumers are, are thinking differently about how they want to, um, you know, view sports, engage with sports, uh, college sports, pro sports, TV, streaming, all those things. So uh, the world is changing and we want to, we want to stay lockstep with it, but uh, let's go into some rapid fire questions, Trey. So what's the best piece of advice you receive from anyone in your life? It doesn't have to be tennis related. Um, it probably had to be my father. Um, and it's just to, to, it's, it's pretty simple, but it's cup half full. Um, so no matter how bad things get, uh, no matter what situation you're in, whether it's work, life doesn't matter, just take a second and realize it's not that bad. Um, life's pretty good. Um, you know, we, you know, we as tennis coaches get to wake up every day and be on a tennis court. It's not that bad it's a pretty good life so i think just staying positive about everything we do okay is there any book podcast article passage poem that's influenced your journey well the one that comes to mind is 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 one we've probably all read but just winning ugly by brad gilbert Mm. um this seems to always stick with me um about the way i think that he went about viewing the sport uh from a strategic perspective um, and, uh, you know, just kind of the ins and outs of how you view, uh, scoring, what points are more important than others. Uh, you know, when should you really lock down those kinds of things? Um, I think that really, really stuck with me. Mm. And so you, you did, uh, attend the 
coaches convention in Las Vegas a few weeks ago and, and uh, appreciate uh, you, you being out there. But is there one thing, one takeaway from that convention that you've thought about since uh, those few days out there or something that you're applying to your program uh, as of today? Well, I think actually your, uh, your workshop, uh, Dave, on the health index uh, of, of your program uh, really stuck with me. I think, um, you know, I, have, I hadn't done that before, uh, the convention, and I think all coaches, I know that's available to them on, on I think, on the uh, website uh, and, and coaches' resources. But I think all coaches should take a second and, and fill that out honestly because I found some major holes uh, in our program. Uh, you know, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was social media. Um, you know, we're not doing here at MSU, we're not doing a good enough job, uh, with our social media pages, um, which, which is wild to me because it's been a priority of mine since I got in. Um, but it, we're not there. Um, and, and we need to continue to develop that and, and grow that and, and build that reach. Uh, so that's, I'd say that for me, that's one of the biggest things that kind of stuck with me. And other than that, just engaging with, with everyone else in the world and kind of picking brains and, and getting to know some other folks that uh, obviously I'm a young coach. So getting to know some people that, that I haven't uh, seen before. Mm -hmm. And you're also in our mentorship program. So we're in the second year of, of this pilot program and uh, it's been great to have you part of that. And I know you've struck up a, a good relationship with your mentor, Mike Woodson, the men's coach at, at Baylor. Is there maybe one thing uh, that you've discussed with him that you'd be willing to share that's maybe, again, influenced how you're operating as a coach right now? Well, there's been a lot. Uh, coach Woodson has been a phenomenal uh, resource for me, um, and I can't speak enough good things about uh, the mentorship program. I, I definitely encourage any, any other young coaches out there to to consider looking into it and getting involved in that if, if we're lucky enough to do that for, for a third year, um, because I think it's been great. Um, so, so to say one thing is tough, but if I had to pick one, um, I'd say to, to just make sure, especially as a young coach, that you're um, really thinking through the decisions you make uh, and you're not making them hastily um, and to really question yourself. I mean, really think back and, and, and try to look at it from different angles uh, and different people's points of view uh, when, when you're going uh, and you're making a decision about your program or about uh, what you're going to do in the strength and conditioning realm or whatever it might be. I think he's done a great job of questioning me uh, and asking and kind of challenging me on my ideas. And um, I think I've started to do that to myself. Uh, and that's been great. What do you think your biggest strength is as a college tennis coach? Uh, I think uh, oh, uh, probably probably just my ability to engage people. Um, I, I think um, I like to think that's my best. I think uh, I hope people think that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd say whether it's recruiting, kind of talking with people or or getting out in the community or just kind of promoting our program, whatever it might be, just making people feel like it's their program and like they can, you know, it's theirs. It's not mine. It's not uh, it's not MSU's program. It's their program. Um, and so I think just kind of getting out and, and being able to talk to people about it. So when the day comes for you to retire as a college tennis coach many decades from now, what is maybe one thing you hope you look back on and are very proud of? Well, I'm competitive. So um, I'm sure like many other coaches, I, I think I'd like to look back and and have, have won a few national championships, I think would be awesome. But uh, more importantly than that, I'd love to just see college tennis 
um, just being in the limelight. Um, I think we have such a great product. I think we have such a great sport. Um, I'd just love to see, you know, us on the ESPN top 10, you know, consistently, you know, showing, showing highlights from our matches, you know, and just being, being amongst the college basketball, college football, you know, I know that's maybe a long ways off, but um, I, I really believe in what we do. Um, I believe in this, uh, in, in, in our sport. I believe in, in this avenue of our sport, uh, that it's probably the best thing, best event in the world. Um, and so I, I want to show that off and I want to focus on growing that the best that we can. Hmm. Yeah, great answer. I, was, I uh, appreciate your honesty uh, because I think a lot of coaches will say, well, the relationship with the players and things like and that's important and I know it is, but uh, appreciate you saying winning and, and making college tennis as, as relevant as possible. So that's awesome. Well, Trey, thank you so much. Your, your, your passion, your enthusiasm for, for college tennis and for Montana State is, is pretty evident and obvious. And if I had any eligibility left, I'd love to come, uh, come play for you. So please keep that in mind. But uh, best of luck with the season. Best of luck today with your, your match versus Air Force. And we'll be keeping tabs on you and the, the mentorship program. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, yep, go Cats. <laughs>